How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland. Um, today's podcast was recorded on Thursday, July 29th, 2021. That was last night after the draft. It is recorded on Green Room by me and Ben Gorwitz. Um, we went live to break down everything, <clears throat> and then we also recorded it and wanted to put it out in this forum for you guys. So, you know, we got the podcast out in two forms for you guys this week. Just going to warn you, I don't know how great the quality is. Um, haven't really listened to it that much, but I think you guys will like it. Me and Ben just talk about the MLB trade deadline and the NBA draft. We go back and forth for probably a solid hours, just our kind of live reactions and everything. So I hope you guys like it. We're going to try to start doing it more often, especially for Sunday night football. I think it'd be a good way to get more people to interact with us. Um, but Appreciate everyone who tunes in and listens to this episode. Get ready for a long ride of NBA draft talk and MLB trades. Yo, Ben. All right, Ben, can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. How's it going, bro? How are we doing tonight? I like the Hawks pick. I absolutely love the Hawks pick, man. It was a great pick. I mean, can you? I mean, we both said we'd love it if he fell to us. And what do you know? He he was on my on our podcast, and you asked me player outside the lottery it could be an all star. He was he was the first guy. Yeah, man. I mean, I was absolutely shocked to see that see him fall to us. You know, I was hoping Duarte fell to us. Obviously. He didn't end up falling to us. You know, there's a number of guys, but I think it's a perfect replacement for us to send John Collins on his way. What do you think? It definitely seems like John Collins uh, would maybe be in trouble about coming back to Hawks with the with the style of the pick, with picking, you know, an athletic big man that kind of likes to run like he does. But I don't know, man. I, Bobby Marks was saying tonight, he he believes Atlanta is going to try and make it work pretty early with John Collins. So uh, you would think, but you also got to remember Onekwa, uh, what's, how do you pronounce his name? Is that how you pronounce it? Onyeka Okongwu. Onyeka, he is going to be hurt for a little while. Yep. Um, he was hurt last offseason as well, so, you know, it kind of sucks that he doesn't get that full, you know, time to recover and everything with the team and whatnot, but – Honestly, I thought it was a great pick. It looks like we'll probably be live on here again when we pick again at 36. So that'll be fun to get our live reactions in there. Um, obviously, Ben, we got a lot to talk about tonight with basketball and whatnot. But um, the good news is that it's also the MLB trade deadline coming up. And, I mean, man, we got to talk about what the heck just happened. I mean, Ben, what do you think about this trade? What, are these prospects actually that good the Dodgers gave up? Was this a good trade or what? I really don't know uh, these prospects that they gave up. I don't know the Dodgers system that well. I'd have to kind of do some more research on who they gave up. I mean, here's the thing. I know that – I mean, Scherzer is Scherzer. Um, 
I mean, you could plug him into the number. He, he's the number one pitcher on the team. Um, I mean, him, Walker Bueller, Kershaw for a playoff series. That's that's not going to be fun to line up against. And if Trevor Bauer ends up coming back, that's their fourth guy. And then don't forget Ryu, pretty good pitcher. He would be five. So, um, you know, Dodgers being the Dodgers, the ability to spend a lot of money, and they're also getting Trey Turner. He's he's contracts up for one year. Um, so it's interesting to me what happens with Trey Turner because I would doubt the Dodgers sign him long-term after the season. I don't see that happening. They already have Seager long-term. So they're going all in. So how do the prospects rank up against that? I mean, it's World Series or bust for the Dodgers. It always is. This doesn't change anything. No, I agree with you completely on that one. I mean, where's Seager going to play? Does he play the outfield too? I would assume you just moved him to second base or you put Turner at second base. Yeah, I guess that is true because Chris Taylor and Muncie are kind of those, you know, play all over guys. So I guess you can move one of them to the outfield and take Mun- that last Mun- spot. Yeah, Chris Taylor plays the outfield. Muncie can play first. Yeah, there you go right there. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because I know they have pools too play in some first base for them. So they do. Yeah, regardless, though, I think they'll figure out a way to make it happen. But, no, I agree with you, man. I mean, I think the Dodgers ended up seeing the way that the Padres were about to steal this guy right from out from underneath their, their, you know, right from underneath their nose. And I think that really pushed them to end up making this trade and, you know, end up uh, acquiring um, a Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, you know, because you can't – San Diego gets him. San Diego might be a better team than you. And at that point, it opens it up really for anything to happen. No doubt about it. I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, how much do the Dodgers need? You're telling me they don't feel confident in what they had? Now, I'm not saying – that makes it seem like, like, if you have the opportunity to get Scherzer and yep. Turner, then you absolutely should go get Scherzer and Turner. The Dodgers, I mean, I get it. Like, every single team goes through injuries. They've had some injuries. Bellinger was out for a long time in the beginning of the year. Mookie Betts has been out for some time now. They, uh, Dustin May got hurt. I mean, they've, they've had it, just like every other team. But the Giants – I'm not going to say have dominated the Dodgers, but the Giants just won another series against the Dodgers this year. I believe that's two series in a row. Are they not confident? Are they, they meaning the Dodgers, are they not confident that they are already better than the Giants? Or like, are they just trying to bury everyone? Like, what do you, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, the Giants are now up three games. That's, yeah. that's not a lot. But the Giants, people should not be doubting them at this point. No, not at all. I agree with you, Ben. They've proven that they're here to stay. And, you know, back to the point you kind of said, like, the Giants had gotten swept both times they played the Dodgers in the first half of the season. They swept him to start off here in the second half of the season, which I think really kind of drove the Dodgers to make these moves and not be complacent. This was a team, you know, the Dodgers, they came out the gates hot, and they slumped, and then they caught fire again. And then they just got kind of off, you know, like a little slump they went through. So I think they knew they needed to make this team better if somehow they could make the team better. And somehow they found a way. You know, you make a lot of good points with Trey Turner. I mean, acquiring him is obviously massive. I think now on the flip side of things, I don't think the Giants or the Padres are done. You know, the Padres go out and get Adam Duvall. I mean, Duvall is one of the best average guys in the league. You put him up there in front of Machado, Tatis, up there with Cronenworth and all those other guys at the top of the lineup, and it just gives you, you know, another guy to get on to get knocked home by the big bats. But I think the Giants, a team that has a low payroll, has a lot of good prospects, are going to go out and get Trevor Story. Story can probably play second base. Obviously, you love to keep a guy like Brian Crawford with his glove and his bat. 
and all his experience in there at the shortstop position. I mean, you can even slide him over to third base. It doesn't matter. But I feel like the Giants have to do something. Is Like you said, I mean, they still have that three-game gap, and they've been better than the Dodgers and the Padres the entire season. And speaking of teams that need to do something, the Boston Red Sox have just acquired Kyle Schwarber. Wow. Um, so, so let's talk about the AL East for a little bit, right? The Yankees went to go get Rizzo, and they went to go get Joey Gallo. The Yankees are obviously still behind. They're, uh, I believe, fourth right now in the wild cards. They're not in the playoffs. The Red Sox are uh, leading the division. And they've been kind of going back and forth with the Rays a little bit in the division. But as of right now, they're up a game and a half uh, with the lead. They need to do something. Their bullpen's been pretty good this year. You can always improve your bullpen. There's no such thing as a bullpen that's too good in baseball. They definitely needed to do – I thought they needed to get a uh, a first baseman, uh, to be honest with you, because I don't think their their players right now are Bobby Dahlbeck. A little bit, and I think Michael Chavis plays a little bit. Uh, yep. I, you know what? I, I think they need to make a first base move. I I still think they will. I'm going to throw a name out there uh, that that I heard earlier. I, I liked it a lot. A uh, uh, Carlos Santana plays for okay. the Royals now. Royals right now. Royals are kind of out of it. Um, it, he's a guy that, for me, it almost feels like that could be a Mike Napoli to the Red Sox type of move. You bring in a veteran who's got a lot of power. He's always been able to hit everyone's fastball. And Mike Napoli can just rake home runs. Santana feels like if they sign him, it seems like a low signing that that not a lot of people are going to talk about, but it just fits. It fits for Boston. And, uh, you know, I think there's some other players out there, but, but that's the best name. I haven't heard them even being linked together. It's just the name I'm throwing out there that I feel like could fit for the Red Sox. No, I like that one too. Carlos Santana's really underrated. You know, he's one of the better average hitters in baseball. This guy always seems to keep his average around 300 and always seems to produce wherever he goes. He's having a good, quiet season in Kansas City. Kansas City, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not a playoff team, but they've been no slouch this year. And a lot. he's definitely helped them out a lot. So I like that move a lot. I think it'd be good for the Red Sox. You know, I think getting Schwarber too, you know, they probably didn't give much of anything up to get Schwarber considering the fact Washington's in sell mode at this point. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see all the moves Washington's making and whatnot, especially with them having uh, Juan, Juan Soto still there. I guess they're kind of, you know, going through a rebuild now. Scherzer, Strasburg's out for the it's, season as it, well. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's money related. They had – they had uh, uh-huh. 500, almost $500 million wrapped up in Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, and Strasburg. Wow. You then are eventually going to have to pay Juan Soto. And there's a reason why the Padres have already signed Tatis. There's a reason why the Braves have already signed Acuna. There's a reason why these young players mm-hmm. on, on some of these teams are being uh, are, 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 uh, getting a long-term extension before their first contract's even up. Because the money's always going up. So oh, yeah. The fact that Juan Soto still has not been signed, even though there's other teams that have laid out a blueprint, there's multiple teams who have done this already. That tells me they're behind the eight ball. It, it tells me they, they went all in for the World Series, and they're, they're okay with, with missing the playoffs for a couple of years and trying to get back within the next you know three to four years, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. They're not making the playoffs this year. I, I, 
they're not going to make the playoffs next year unless they bring in people. Uh, they're just not going to have the talent surrounding Juan Soto. It, it's almost similar to what the Cubs did as well. And it's okay. The Cubs absolutely, absolutely sold out to get a World Series. <laughs> the trade that got them along with Chapman, and it worked. Yep. The Yankees, I mean, the, the Yankees have not won that trade because the Cubs won the World Series. The Yankees have not with Chapman. But the Yankees had Chapman, traded him, and got the Cubs prospects, and then got Chapman back. So on paper, when it first came out, everyone was like, oh, my God, the Yankees robbed them. The Cubs won the World Series, so it worked out. The Nats was the same thing, right? right. Yeah. They ended up trading Bryce Harper, but they win the World Series anyway after spending a lot of money on pitching. And now they're in trouble. Now they're trading Matt Scherzer and Trey Turner and Schwarber. Yeah, no. You hit the nail on the head, Steve. I didn't even realize that was Soto yet. I mean, is have they said if it's Soto, has declined contracts, so they just haven't offered him one yet? I... I don't remember to be honest with you. I don't think he. I don't think they've offered him, but I, I don't. I don't know that for a fact. Okay, no, that. I mean, I could definitely understand that. Um, just a little side note here while we continue this MLB talk before we get back to the NBA. Two and zero so far in draft props. They need Duran Sharp to at least get drafted here at twenty nine in order to push. Doesn't look like it's going to happen, but. Um, yeah, you know. Anyway, back to MLB. It makes me you know. What you? What you have? What you have? Um, so actually my picks for tonight, I had Sharif Cooper to go over 23 and a half. He's still yet to be chosen. And then I had, um, um, Usman, uh, Garuba, the Spain forward to go over 16 and a half picks. He went to the Rockets, I think at 22. Nice. 23. Nice. I had to, you know, I had to stay away from that, uh, from that lottery, man. That lottery was absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Should I guess we might as well jump back into it since we segued perfectly. But, you know, that draft lottery, man, was absolutely insane. I mean, let's talk about the first real surprise of the draft. And that was just Scotty Barnes going for. I mean, do you think the Raptors are made a decision either they're going to regret or does Masai Ujiri know what he's doing as always? I, I don't think it's – I mean, it, it's it's a little surprising, but I, I'm the type of guy – you know this from the start. I've I've loved Scotty Barnes ever since he committed to Florida State. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he fit Leonard Hamilton very, very well. Um, I would say that may not have been a, a bold take, but I will say absolutely turned out. He was just fine coming off the bench. He ended up winning ACC Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, he was going to be a lottery pick to begin with. Um, I, it's a little shocking just because I feel like the Raptors and Kyle Lowry are you know, I think that marriage has been good for a long, long time, and I think it's coming to an end. So I thought they would have wanted the the franchise point guard to go along with Van Fleet. But I'm not going to act like this is a bad pick because I don't think it is. I think Scotty Barnes, over time, has a great NBA future. No, I agree with you completely. I See, I feel like Jalen Suggs is the win-now draft pick, just like you said. I mean – I probably would have gone with Suggs just because he's the win-now guy. I've already seen what I'm going to get out of Suggs. I mean, look, Ujiri in Raptors develop, player development is very, very good. Scotty Barnes is a raw talent. Like, I agree with you. I really don't think he's ready to go yet next year. I think he's a two- or three-year, maybe four-year project, you know, kind of like how Giannis was where it took, you know, a couple years to get Giannis to the 
point where that he's, you know, NBA Finals MVP, where he's MVP of the league. You know, it took him a couple of years. He was very raw. I feel like Scotty Barnes the same way. He's aggressive, you know. He has all the attributes you want out of a guy. But I think the Raptors player development is the right place for any young rookie to go. I mean, you look at the Raptors and all these guys that make good. Van Vliet, you know, he's a second-round pick. Pascal Siakam, second-round pick. I mean, Chris Boucher. Second round pick. I mean, the Raptors are just good at getting the most out of these guys as they possibly can and developing the young talent that they get into something. I think they'll make the most out of Scotty Barnes here, and they're going to have their next free guy. I think Scotty Barnes is like a more aggressive version of Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I think it might you know take him a couple years to bring the offensive along, the yeah. offensive game along, but I do think he can contribute in a lot of other ways on a basketball court immediately. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. He'll do it through defense or something. I mean, it'd be I, interesting. I think he's. I think he's going to be a good defensive re- like a defense defensive rebounding. I think that's what he's going to bring. Mm-hmm. I think he'll sneak in a couple offensive rebounds because he plays with a high motor. And he, I, I don't know. I you know I don't think he's going to win rookie of the year, but I think he's going to develop over time. No, I agree with you completely on that. Right now, who you pick rookie of the year if you had to pick somebody today? Based on the picks. Uh, I, I, I think Evan Mobley, dude. I, I think this okay. kid, I think he's going to be very good. That like uh, I just see it. Like I think he fits the NBA. I like what I'm seeing from Aiden. I think uh, James Wiseman, we'll see what we can get out of him. But uh-huh. – a lot of people think he's promising. This is yeah. an athletic big man, unbelievable defensive player. He guarded guards fairly well on the perimeter uh, in college, blocked a lot of shots in the paint. I-, I think he'll be able to score. I really do. He can shoot it a little bit from the outside. I think uh, – I- I'm curious to know how he shoots it in the NBA. Uh, he shot it pretty good in college, but it- he – I just think what Aiton, what I'm seeing from Aiton, I think Evan Mobley can also do that. No, I agree with you completely on that. By the way, they're sharp at 29, so that pick pushes right there. So ended up going, uh, I guess, 3-1, or I guess I went, including baseball night, 4-1-1. One, and one, So, I mean, 4-0-1, and, oh and one, I guess that's how it would be, but pretty solid night. But, no, I – it's it's really tough, you know what I mean? Because you want to say Cade Cunningham, but at the same time, like I feel like with as much talent as there is in this draft, that it's not going to be like the guy you'd expect the most. Obviously, I don't think it's Scotty Barnes. I think he's too raw. Um, I could definitely see Jalen Green winning it. You know, he's so talented that he can score and light it up. See, the thing is, I don't think there's going to be any of these rookies that like. See, I would have loved Suggs if he got picked by the Raptors. I would have gone with him in a heartbeat. Now that he's not on the Raptors. I mean, I definitely don't hate your pick at all because, you know, like you said, Mobley's, Mobley plays with some good guards who are going to be throwing up a lot of shots and throwing him a lot of alley-oops. He can run in transition, play defense. I'm going to have to go with Cade, though. I just feel like that Cade Cunningham, if if he's as good as we think he is, he's going to elevate the Pistons so much that he's going to show it on the basketball court. No, I, I definitely hear that. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you something here. What's a pick that you absolutely love? You think you, the, you, th- you love – yeah, in the draft. You, you love the fit. You love the player to that team. You think they can make an impact? Ooh, that's a good question. I got two guys in mind, but I'll let you go first if you want, unless you need some time. Yeah, so the the pick that I honestly thought was the best fit for their team and what they needed was the Magic getting Jalen Suggs. Okay. I, 
I thought, you know, obviously it's tough not to go with, you know, Cade Cunningham because obviously every single team in the league could use Cade Cunningham. It's tough not to go Jalen Green because of the same reasons. But I just feel like this Magic team has been stuck in limbo so long where they have a bunch of wings who can't shoot and a bunch of just big men they play with who they have nobody to direct traffic. Markel Fultz, you know, he was just kind of a whatever pickup for them. Cole Anthony, you know, they got him. He's decent, but he's not quite the answer. You know, they really need this superstar guard. It was really supposed to be Oladipo, and it wasn't. I think finally... Jalen Suggs is the guy they've been looking for. I think the Magic hit a home run tonight and got the player they need to direct their franchise. He makes everybody around him better, and he can get his get his own buckets. I looked at my dad tonight when they picked him, and I said, we're going to be sitting here as Hawks fans playing against, because if you play the teams in your division, the Magic are in a division the most of any teams. And I was like, we're going to be looking at each other cursing his name in a few years. Okay. I mean, I, he's a stud, man. I, I do think he's going to be very good. Um you know, to be honest with you, I got two guys in mind. Okay. Um, I'll go with the pick that I like the most. That's at number 14, the Golden State Warriors with Moses Moody. Okay. I think this is a guy that can make an immediate impact. Aggressive on the defensive end, this team likes to run in transition. Anytime you run in transition, yeah. Draymond Green's good with the ball in his hands. You find Steph Curry, you find Clay Thompson. Moses Moody is also a three-point shooter. He can run to transition. Like he fits the Warriors well with his uh, defensive aggressiveness. I think this team needs it. I think they need to get better at defense. And he was good for Arkansas. Like really good three and D guy for Arkansas. Um, he he can shoot the three. He's not going to have the ball in his hands a ton. Mm-hmm. That's Draymond. That's that's Steph Curry for the most part. I mean, uh, he can shoot it. He can play defense. He's very athletic. I, I agree. Fits. Another guy that I really, really like, and it's a team that's up and coming in the league, I think it fits very well with this team's best player. That's the Charlotte Hornets. James Booknight. Yep. James Booknight is one of the best shooters in this draft. LaMelo Ball, the franchise player, is one of the – He's honestly, after his rookie season, you can say that he is one of the better passers, one of the best passers in the NBA for Absolutely. his age, too. Not even for his age. LaMelo loves to run in transition. The Hornets love to run in transition. I agree. You know, Bridges. So they're missing a big man. I think they drafted a big man. Um, who did the, the Hornets did draft a big man earlier? Yeah, they, um, it was Kai Jones from Texas, was the Kai Jones, back uh, uh, Thank you. Another guy that can run. The mm-hmm. Hornets are going to be a running gun team, and this kid can spot up from the three-point line. And you know what? If Malik Monk continues not to turn out as much as Michael Jordan and other people thought he was, here's his replacement right here. Yeah, I actually think Malik Monk, you know, I think our problem was we thought he would be like an all-star scorer. I think he's like a really good sixth-man scorer. Like, he I, especially... he, he's still developing, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I this just is think... a player that can play that same style. No, I agree with you completely. See, the thing is, the Hornets are deep now. You know, you got Miles Bridges, you got PJ Washington, you got Gordon Hayward, you got Rozier, you got Devontae Graham, you have Lamelo Ball. I mean, that's just to name a few of the guys right there, just the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, this team has got a lot more deeper. And you know what people say about Kai Jones, too, is he hasn't been playing basketball very long, and the sky's the limit. He's the type of guy, you know, whose potential is. He could be, you know, one of the he could be one of the best players in the league in a few years, or he could be completely out of the league. That's how volatile of a prospect he is. I think he's gonna be pretty good, though. 
and Texas has recently put a lot of big men in the NBA. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of athletic big men, high risers. Um, <coughs> and, and here's the thing, you know, this draft, it, it's it's been all over the place. I, you know, I think Josh Giddy was another surprise going to six, but I will say this. Him going to a team like the Thunder, I don't think shocks us as much. Not I think at all. the two teams, you know, it's. I think the Spurs is what I said on our podcast. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought they were going to get the the other big men from uh, uh, Turkey. Shingun, uh, but, but Sam Presti was a pop. Uh, yeah, was a Popovich product. You know, mm-hmm. he went European. Uh, Franz, you know, Wagner. You and I aren't as high on, so that's why I don't love the the Magic draft so far. I, I think he does have a chance to prove me very wrong, but I, I'm going to wait and see. Davion Mitchell is a guy I really like, I think can really be good in the NBA. I don't love the Sacramento Kings. Um, you know, honestly, the reason being is, is pretty simple. Uh, the Sacramento Kings – are in the same category as the Detroit Pistons. Um, <laughs> y- you know what I say about the the city of Detroit and their in their sports uh, teams. Uh, until I mean, their careers go to die it, mm-hmm. until they don't. That's what it is to me. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I'm sorry to say it that way, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I I think listening to him on the interviews with uh, Jay Billis, Kendrick Perkins, who's been phenomenal tonight, so funny. Um, Schmitz and uh, Reese Davis. He answered one question. I'd have to go back and kind of rethink his answer over, but it sounded like he wasn't thrilled with the with the pick, maybe. But he is excited to kind of get to work and get his NBA career started. So I think if if I heard it right, I think his attitude will change. He's going to play hard. I just think Sacramento they they don't have a lot of success. They are currently the longest playoff drought in the NBA. I think it's at twelve seasons. They're not even close, what it seems like, to making the NBA uh, playoffs. Yeah. They're all over the place. They try to trade Buddy Heald tonight. I think they're still going to try Buddy Heald. They're trying to trade Marvin Bagley, it sounds like. They just drafted him two, three years ago. I, I don't think they have good ownership, good management. I don't think they have a sense of direction. It, it's not a place that I would want to be drafted, to be honest with you. I think the Pistons, on the other hand, are on a much better path and a much quicker path. Because the Pistons had two rookies that landed on the two on the all rookie teams this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You add that with so that's two players you know that can play in the NBA. They they went through a whole season and showed you what they can do. You add that with a player like Cade Cunningham, who see I think when you say could be a Ben Simmons player, you mean stats wise. He could give you a a fourteen, a seven, and a six game. You know he could do yeah the the flirting with the triple doubles, and, and I think you're right about that. They already have two guys that can score it. Now they have a guy that can score it and facilitate it. I don't know what I like about the Kings. I, I like Halliburton. I don't know if him and Fox can play together. I like De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox cannot lead a basketball team. He's more of like uh, – he's a three in my opinion, if you want me to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know – I just don't understand the Kings – path right now it's not something i understand i don't know if you understand it maybe i'll have to listen to some some podcast see if i can get on their page um you know what what, i guess what do you think about davion mitchell uh with with the kings what do you think about wagner with the magic and then i'll ask you uh another question after that 
All right, yeah, let's do it. So first one, Davion Mitchell with the Kings. I agree with a lot of things you said. It's very tough to figure out what Sacramento is doing here. You know, Sacramento is always going to look back, like you said, on that Marvin Bagley pick in that draft and kick themselves for not taking Luka Doncic or Trey Young. It's just tough, though, when you already have De'Aaron Fox. I mean, Bagley's shown promise, but, man, he's been injured. I was big on the Marvin Bagley hype train. I'll admit it. I swung and missed on that one. Um, You know, the pick's definitely puzzling because now you pretty much have three guards, point guards pretty much. Two guys are locked down defense, and then De'Aaron Fox, you know, he's really good at getting everyone involved. But I agree with you. He needs to play with, like, a score that's better than him because I feel like he's, you know, more of a facilitator and, you know, a secondary scorer rather than your primary scorer ball handler. So definitely is a weirdly shaped team. But at the same time, you could argue that they are just going with the best available prospect on the board, and that's what they did. So I think I agree they, you know, with that. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I think Davion Mitchell's a good add to the team, but at the end of the day, I personally don't think he's the right pick. I mean, it's very tough to tell what what's going on exactly in Sacramento. They got a lot of things they need to figure out and get straight. Um, Franz Wagner, I'm going to say this. All the scouts love him. Everybody thinks he's going to grow. I mean, he grew, apparently, a couple inches. Um I like to compare him. I call him the EJ Manuel of prospects. He's one of those type of prospects where he looks amazing on paper. You look at everything, you take into factor everything he can do, and you think he's going to be great. I just never saw it translate in basketball games, like you said on our podcast. And the Magic already have so many big men that can't shoot and can't do anything else. He's supposed to be able to shoot. I personally just think they should have gone with James Booknight and got an extra guard shooter. The Magic lack guard depth, and he would have been the perfect pick for him there. What did, let's talk about reaches. Let's talk about, uh, um, you know, picks that you don't like the biggest reach. Um, I, I think there's, I think there's a pretty obvious one, um, that we haven't mentioned yet, but, uh, I'll let you go first. Yeah. I think Joshua Primo from Alabama is the biggest reach. Um, right. I know Ben, you told me you actually like his game and whatnot. I didn't remember too, he didn't stick out to me too much in college. I didn't really like, he was that highly touted of a prospect. He's the youngest guy in the draft, so it's interesting. But I think the Spurs he doesn't. Gonna... He do, he's he's not turning nineteen until late December. Wow. Yeah. So he's gonna be real young then. So I mean, sky's definitely the limit for him. But at the same time, I feel like you could have traded back ten picks and still had him. You know, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. I haven't heard anything about him all day. I thought that was a massive reach right there by them. Yeah. And then, honestly. I think Memphis with Zaire Williams was a yeah. was a reach, yep. but I mean, then again, at the same time, a lot he apparently worked out pretty well, and a lot of teams, you know, were kind of looking the other way with what problems he had and whatnot. So, you know, he could have been one of those guys that those teams wanted to take sooner. And to be honest with you, I thought he would probably end up somewhere in the lottery. So, I think Memphis probably moving up to ten, you know, just had to do what they had to do to get their guy. Because at the end of the day, with your Memphis. I mean, you have John ja Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark. I mean, not you. You really need to hit a home run on one guy, and I think if they can actually hit a home run and tap into Zaire Williams' potential, they could have a three-headed monster. Yeah. Um, so I'll touch on Primo. Um, obviously, I saw him play live a lot since I went to Alabama. Um, he can really shoot the three. Okay. A really good three-point shooter. Uh, if I remember correctly, he was like just under 40% from threes, maybe at 40%. Okay. He, his problem is he's six foot six, 190 pounds and he's 18 years old. The only thing, and that's, that's not, I shouldn't say that's a problem because I don't think it is actually. I think he just hasn't grown into his body yet. Yeah. He, 
I think he's a player that you could see in the G League almost the entire season. Um, he, he just has to grow more into his body. His game, I think, will develop. I just think he's a raw prospect. And mm-hmm. I think raw prospects, you know, top 10, it, it's a risk. Now, this was right outside the top 10, and I'm not comparing Joshua Primo to Giannis because he, he won't be Giannis. <laughs> I'm just saying you take a raw prospect. There, there's other examples I probably could have used, but people can grow into their game if you give them time to grow. I think the team he's going to is a very good team for that reason. I think the Spurs, they know not how to, they know how to develop players as long as Popovich and his mm-hmm. minions are there. They know how to uh, not rush people. They're, they're not going to rush this kid to the NBA. They're going to call him up when they think he's ready. And I think when he eventually plays in the NBA, I think he'll be able to show what he can do. And I think he'll continue to grow year after year with, with some experience. So I think it's a reach just because it's at 10. I think you could have gotten yeah. later, as, as you said. But I don't think this kid's going to be a bust. I really don't. Um, you know, Zaire, that was the Pelicans pick. That's the one being traded to Memphis. Yep. He was, you know, when we recorded our earlier podcast, um, I had Zaire Williams player outside the lottery that could turn into an all-star. Um, he ended up going inside the lottery. I, I, I still think his game is good. Um, I, I really don't hate the pick. I, I think you maybe could have gotten him a little later, but maybe you couldn't have. Um, so I don't hate the pick. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm curious what's going to happen. And I don't think this was a reach. But uh-huh. I'm curious what's going to happen with Jonathan Kaminga. I, I don't know Man. if the Warriors are – can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know if Jonathan Kaminga is going – to stay on the Warriors. I think that could be a guy that's traded um, for a more NBA-ready guy. So just based on me thinking that, I'm interested to see where he goes or even if he stays. I don't think he's a impact player as much as Moses Moody for the Golden State Warriors right away. And Golden State's in win-now mm-hmm. mode for the next, from now for the next four or five seasons. So um, I, I think Kaminga's got a little bit to work on in his games. But I don't know. I, I I think if I don't think they need much from him. If they can get some out of Wiseman, Curry's there. Clay, they need they need a healthy Clay. Draymond's Draymond. He fits well with that team. So I, I think it might have been a little bit of a reach. But I also don't think he's going to stay on the Warriors. To be honest with you. Yeah, the, ma- I agree. the magic. The magic. By the way, sorry to interrupt you. Jacob Preston out of Ohio. There's your guard. That can they score. actually traded him to the Clippers. Good call. Yeah, Woj, uh, I've, I've got – I had to put my phone down there and for like the last four picks for the Hawks to pick because Woj kept tweeting out the picks and ruining them. So uh, he's not, always to, not, to, not to switch back to baseball, but we do have some breaking news. The San Diego Padres are finalizing a deal to acquire right-hander Daniel Hudson. That's definitely not Max Scherzer. From the Washington Nationals. No, but he's – been one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. That's what Jeff Passan yep. tweeted. He's currently on the COVID IL, but uh, as soon as he is healthy enough, it sounds like he will be headed to San Diego. Who is they? Listen, San Diego. I get it. The Dodgers 
starting line or starting pitching rotation is unbelievable, but the Padres is too. Mm-hmm. It's bullpens, it's pitching. You load up as much as you can on pitching in the postseason. Adding a bullpen reliever is never a bad move, in my opinion. Never. No, I agree with you completely. You never have too many relief pitchers. You always need to stack them up. Um, you know, bullpen pitching late in games is, you know, one of the keys to holding on to winning games. I mean, we've seen it with the Braves bite us in the ass so many times. You can never have too many good relievers. So, San Diego, you know, they had to do something, especially after losing out on Scherzer. you got to do something to get better than what everybody else is. Yeah, I agree. Um, any players still on the board that you are shocked that they're still – um, any any of these guys you think make an immediate impact? Um, I actually think that immediate impact can be made by uh, Sharif Cooper, but he definitely has to work on his defense. His scoring will definitely translate over. It depend all depends what team that he gets picked by. If he can uh, make immediate impact, you know, it's really as tough with the rest of the board. It all depends on you know kind of the situation where you get drafted to, but. Most of these guys are going to be going to tanking teams, so you know they will have a chance to get some playing time as the season goes on. Yeah, I was curious. There are some names that I think stick out to me. Uh, obviously, okay. Sharif, Sharif Cooper. Um, I'm interested to see what we get out of Jared Butler in his NBA career. Obviously, yep. a tremendous college basketball player, but people don't see him like they saw Davion Mitchell. Um, you know, I think Brandon Boston Jr. that went to Kentucky. He, mm-hmm. he was a big time high school guy. Um, I, you know what? I, I think Herbert Jones from Alabama, he's a guy that can just – he does it all. He plays great defense, takes a lot of charges, can pass it. I, he's not much of a scorer. I, I don't think he's going to play a lot, to be honest with you, but I think eventually could help a team. You think he's athletic I think, enough? I think he moves well enough laterally. He, he's a really good defensive player. Um, he might need to try and improve some speed. Um, but, but you know what? There's two guys that I think Uh will go later. Maybe they won't get drafted and I might be wrong, totally wrong on this, but I think a guy like Aaron Wiggins at Maryland spent a couple of years in Maryland. Yes. He's a guy that can shoot it and he's got a good frame. I'm looking at it now, six, six, 200. I know he can shoot it. Couple years of experience in college, and Greg Brown, um, the athletic yeah. big man out of Texas. We've seen some high-rise big men that can float around teams and have some solid careers. Like this guy's a little bit more of a of a guard, but he could be a forward. But you know, like a uh, Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, Greg Brown can jump like the guys. Uh, help me out. Who who are other guys that can just leap? Not counting Zion, obviously, but uh, yeah. um, there's a guy. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, uh, you get to some strip high flyers. I mean, kind of like Gerald, how Gerald Green was, you know. Gerald Green is another guy. I, I I was thinking of other guys, so maybe I'm hyping it up too much in my head. But Greg Brown can really run the floor, play defense, and listen, he dunking and play defense. There's a role for you on a team. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah, Ayo DeSomos still on the board as well, although I will say this. I don't I, know I if don't, I'd... I don't think – I don't love his NBA game, to be honest with you. 
I agree with you completely. I didn't think he translated well. I actually think Isaiah Livers could contribute. You know, Isaiah Livers is long. He's big. He can play kind of that four in the NBA now. He can get up down the court for you. He can hit some open shots. I think Livers is I'll bad. Say this. I'll say this. Livers uh, may be more of a forward than mm-hmm. the guy I'm going to say, but Jordan Poole-esque. I like that. Yeah, Jordan Poole's translated well. He played well the last year. So the Thunder are the first team that's kind of done this. So the second round of the NBA drafts got him to be really weird, you know. So the way, like, all the money and everything works, a lot of these teams just draft these foreign guys and just stash them overseas. Guys you'll never even see play a game in the NBA, and they'll just keep them overseas. So if they ever develop in anything, they can bring them over. And if not, they keep them over there and don't lock up any money. Right. That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, like, I don't even think Luka Garza's name will get called tonight just because, you know, teams don't think he can play that good of defense. And I personally and think Luka Garza is worth drafting. Yeah, he's slow. Apparently he's lost, like, 30 pounds. But it's just more so that thing of why give Luka Garza? Because if you sign a guy you draft in the second round, you have to guarantee their contract. But if you let them go, but if you sign them as an undrafted free agent to your G League team and then they make it as a two-way player, you don't have to guarantee their contract. And that's more so what these teams are trying to do here. Yeah, you know what? Another kind of big man I like, he was a big-time prospect at a high school, just went to a smaller college, went to Western Kentucky. Charles Bassey. I know that he's yep. a little a little bit more of an old-school big, with especially with his frame. Looking at an F6'11", 235. Don't, don't let that fool you. He, he's pretty athletic on his feet. Um, I, I would much rather draft him than I would Luka Garza, to be honest with you. I agree with you from that completely. I think somebody will snag him in the second round. Even if they don't, he's the kind of guy that gets a two-way deal and sticks in the league. Regardless, I think he will play in the NBA, and we'll see him get a decent – there he is, Herbert Jones going to the Pelicans. Let's but, go. But, yeah, you know – Tyra Lewis there. Oh, yeah, you got both your Alabama boys on the same team now. Um, but, yeah, you I will know. say this. I'll say this real quick just because we're talking about Herbert Jones. He uh, is Trey Young's father. He locked up Trey Young. You should absolutely go watch those highlights. I actually do remember watching that game, but he I locked him, him up. He's an unbelievable defender. Okay, hey, the Pelicans need defense, especially inside. Man, that defense is horrible. Yes, so, it is. I think one of the best parts of the entire NBA draft, and Noah talked about it all the time on Twitter, though, has been Kendrick Perkins. He couldn't even get Moses Moody's name out of his mouth. and couldn't Oh, even so funny, dude. Oh, it's just hilarious hearing everything he says all day. Where they suggested that he could be a coach in the NBA. You see how big the smile got on his face? Yep. <laughs> got Perk just cracks me up. I love everything he has to say. Always says, carry the hell on. It's hilarious. Um, anything else you think we should hit on on here? Oh, I know what we haven't even hit on that we this massive news: the Russell Westbrook trade. I mean, which one would you rather have, the Russell Westbrook or the Buddy Heald trade? Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you know, it's tough because I think the Lakers really needed a shooter with Buddy Heald, but at the same time, I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah, Westbrook doesn't give them good shooting, and they have to give up guys to get him. But at the same time, Westbrook, LeBron, and Davis are three of the best paint players, best rim finishers, best rebounders in the league. And LeBron and Westbrook are such good passers. They're going to have two high-IQ basketball players on the floor together. But also, too, dude, they can just bully teams in the paint. All these teams have these small one run-up-and-down-the-court lineups. The Lakers can slow down, play half-court ball, and bully you inside and have some major mismatches going to the hole. 
Here's the thing. They're also absolutely impossible to stop in transition now. Yep. The Lake the Lakers will surround the rest of their team with shooters. For sure. And you know what? I I, I was texting people earlier. I said the Lakers when when the rumors started with Russell Westbrook and the, and it was the rumors that it was Kuzma, uh Montrez Harrell, uh Kentavious Caldwell Pope and maybe some picks. I, my immediate uh, my immediate reaction was the Lakers are taking the trash out first, and they're going to surround everyone else with who they want, and they're going to hand pick everyone. And I don't mean like I I think this is going to be the greatest thing for Kyle Kuzma's career. We're going to finally find out if he can actually be a scorer in the NBA. Montrez Harrell is absolutely not trash in this league. He was six man of the year. He was tremendous last year. But he yeah. did not work. He did not work out for the Lakers. He barely saw court time, and when he did, he kind of just wasn't hitting his normal shots. He plays with a high motor, and I love Montrezl Harrell, but it did not work in L.A. He gets a fresh new start. KCP, while he can shoot and play defense, is also very replaceable. There are a lot of three and D guys in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He also gets a fresh start. This is a good trade for both sides. Now, getting back to the Lakers side of it. They, if LeBron, like, I don't believe him when he says his ankle is never going to be 100%. Take that, in, if you, take that as you will. If he, he can now play less minutes, and Russell Westbrook can play the same style. Yeah. That's an air quotes. You can't see me. That's an air quotes. <laughs> he, he can play the same downhill style that LeBron brings as a point guard. When LeBron has the ball in his hands, they like to play downhill, play defense, and transition. Russell Westbrook can do that better than anyone else in this league. Transition, no one steps in front of that man. He's a strong finisher. AD with Russell Westbrook, I think, should have a very high plus-minus rating. It should be a high positive rating. They both have a high motor. They both like to run in transition. They both play defense. They both like to get rebounds and run. LeBron's the exact same way. I think this fits depending on who they bring in as a shooter. I don't know. I I have to revisit the free agent class. I'm very confident the Lakers will get one guy that they absolutely need and absolutely wanted, and then I think they're going to handpick the rest. No, I agree with you completely on that. I mean, they'll get guys, too, in the buyout market. Guys will want to come join up with them and everything. But, yeah, man, this Lakers team is definitely – And, sh- and Schroeder, Schroeder's probably gone, right? Oh, for sure. Schroeder's definitely gone. There ain't no way he's getting that money at this point. But, you know, I think it's at the end of the day, it was the right move by the Lakers because Russell Westbrook's much better option than Kimball Walker – He's much better option than Schroeder. I think he give, just gives you in a general upgrade to your entire roster. And I think it gives them a real mismatch, like I was saying back earlier, inside in the paint. I just don't see how – I mean, people don't like the way Westbrook plays. If anything, this is Westbrook's one last chance. He had to rebuild his brand and everything. And I think he'll take advantage of it. But I just think it's a general upgrade. Like you were saying, you can play Westbrook a lot more minutes and kind of rest LeBron. I think you'll see these guys wrestle a lot more and the Lakers be a lot more conscious of that stuff here in the regular season. Uh, this has been a fun night. Um, I I think the draft has been – I think it's been exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it's been thrilling. I think it's kept people on their toes. Some picks that I didn't see coming. I think picks that a lot of experts didn't see coming. 
Um, I think it gives the basketball a lot to talk about. I think there's, you know, the prediction, I think it's great to see Cade Cunningham go number one to a team that I think is, is going to be rising. I really do think that in, in Detroit, um, I like what our hometown Atlanta Hawks did. I think you agree on that. We'll touch on that a little bit more in the near future as well. The trade deadline has been very exciting, and it's not done yet. Um, I, I, do you know when the trade deadline wraps up? Yeah, it's tomorrow at, I believe, 4 p.m. Trades have to be okay. made final. So, yeah, there will definitely be some bombs. I mean, if I had to guess, the Padres are definitely not done. They're going to add some sort of starting and pitching arm. Maybe um, is Herman Marquez for sale, or is he still – you think the, the Rockies are still holding on to him? I think they're I think they're definitely taking offers. Um I I wouldn't be surprised to let him go uh or to to trade him. I will say I think John Gray is an is another pitcher that his oh, name yeah. has been his name has been linked uh to a couple teams. It it's interesting. I I think there were teams that you thought were going to make moves I think with the Dodgers putting their balls on the table, with the Padres continuing to add, um, I'm very curious to see how aggressive some teams get to go get a Trevor Story. Because you know what? Right now, the Giants, who have a three-game lead in their division, the Giants have a 20% chance to win their division. Yeah, Their chances to make the playoffs slim down after that. Even though I think they're going to make the playoffs, they have a strong record. It should put them in a good boost for the wild card. Oh, for sure. That's the team that should go get Trevor Story more than anyone else. And I, I know agree. it's in, I know it's in division. I know it's hard to do, but the Mets were kind of linked to him. To be honest with you, I I don't know if Trevor Story adds enough to the Mets to put them in a category where I think they can beat the Padres and the Dodgers. I think the way I think that with the Giants is because I know the Giants can beat the Padres and the Dodgers because they've led this division for a long, oh, long yeah. time. No, 100%. The Giants have been beating up on both those teams. You know, they've been beating both of them. So I agree with you completely that this is definitely the right move, and this is definitely the sum the Giants can do, and that's why they should go out and do it. Also, too, Javi Baez wouldn't be a bad choice for them to go get. You know, as a secondary guy, maybe Kyle Hendricks is up for sale as well. So... There definitely is players to be had. I thought it was kind of funny after um, I was talking earlier in the day with somebody when I saw Scherzer was available. I was saying the Angels should go out and get Max Scherzer. So I actually saw them link to him for a brief minute, but the Dodgers ended up making it happen. I mean, it, I would have loved to see that happen for him. Obviously, it didn't happen for obvious reasons. But it's me. I, 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 would, I definitely would have liked to see Scherzer and the Angels. Now, obviously, that would be a dud this season, most likely. I think they're like 51 and 50. Yeah. But I believe he's under contract further, so I, I would maybe hope that they would re-sign him to start to give the Angels a fighting chance. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but even though that they have three amazing position players and hitters, and one of them happens to also be a pitcher, um, they their pitching sucks. It always yeah. has sucked. Um, Scherzer would have helped. Um I want them to get more aggressive, no doubt. Um, I, I think I, I like what I see from their draft. I think every single pick that they had was a was a, a pitcher, 
if not defensive player. I think they were all pitchers. Um, but the problem is, and you know this, I've talked about this a million times, um, those guys, you won't see them for multiple years in the NBA, in the MLB, if they ever make it to the MLB. They need to use some L.A. money, whatever mm-hmm. they have, to go bring a pitcher in before it's too late for Mike Trout and before it's too late. And, and I'm not saying he's retiring anytime soon. He's not. And he yeah. signed a long-term extension to stay. But you need to make the most out of Trout and Otani every single year. Every single year that they don't make the playoffs, they are a laughing stock of the league, in my opinion. I, I think that's harsh. I, I think that's fair to say. It's ridiculous that they can have the best player in baseball add what might be the best player in baseball in Otani, and they can't be it. Now, this year is different. Mike Trout has not been healthy. That's They get a pass. If they don't make the playoffs next year, because I don't think their pitching is going to drastically get better over one offseason, I, I just don't see that. They have two years in my clock before I start to say some nasty words about the Angels. And I think at that point, Mike Trout is never gonna, never gonna request the trade. I think baseball fans around around the world, around the Twitter mm-hmm. world, are really gonna start to be frustrated, saying, "Get this guy out of there. We we want to see him because it at that point he he's over a decade in the in the MLB. Uh, he's been in the playoffs once, maybe twice. We haven't seen him a lot. It's it's not a trend that baseball fans want. You want to see the best players in the biggest moments. We've been ro- uh, we haven't even been robbed. Trout's done everything he could possibly do for the Angels. Yeah, they they continuously can't put a team around him. Um, and you know what? I know you're not a hockey guy, but but there's a trend in hockey right now with with their version of Mike Trout. That's Connor McDavid. He's one of the best players in the league, and he's he's on the uh, Oilers, who are who are pretty shitty. So, um, it. I want Trout in the playoffs. You want Trout in the playoffs. Your neighbor wants Trout in the playoffs. Um, I think the Angels' biggest rivals want Trout in the playoffs. Um, I'm ready for it. The organization has never helped him out, and it's it's disappointed me. Um, I'm getting frustrated in it. This year, it's a little bit, you know, not his fault. It's not the team's fault with the injuries, so – I'm going to give them two years if Mike Trout's healthy within the next two years, him and Otani healthy together, and they miss the playoffs. Um, I'm going to be extremely disappointed and frustrated. Oh, absolutely. And we also didn't even mention the fact that Anthony Rendon as well. So, I mean, they've right. gone out and split plenty of money. It, it's it's getting kind of laughable at this point for the Angels, so definitely need to turn around. Ben, is there anything else we need to get off our chest before we hop off here tonight? We've almost knocked out a solid hour. Um, no, I mean, I, I think the draft has been successful. Um, I think you and I had, had some good talks here, uh, good debates, good conversation. I mean, baseball's heating up, man. It's a hot stove, as people like to say. Um, I, I guess one last thing I'll say just because we didn't talk about it. Let's talk about the Braves just real, real quick. Yeah. Um, I think at this point they should, they should, uh, stand pat. If not, uh, I, I think they should stand pat, um, try and go. I, I Actually, let me take that back. I think that's awful. I, I absolutely disagree exactly what I just said. I, I think they should go mm-hmm. get players that aren't big names. Um, 
you know what? I'm going back on it. I, what, what's the sense of winning the division if it doesn't mean anything for the playoffs? Um, yeah. I, listen, I'm a big baseball fan. I will watch baseball uh, in the regular season until the 162nd game has been played. I will watch every single playoff game probably for the rest of my life. It's my favorite sport. It's tough to see this happen. Um, it, it, the brave season is over. Um, that that's just the way it is. I I hate saying it. I I think they can absolutely win the division. I would love for them to win the division, but if we're being realistic with each other, um, mm-hmm. if you want the you want the honest truth out of me, I I don't think they they win a playoff game, uh, or a playoff series. Uh, not not with what they have. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, what what do you think about that? I mean, the Braves are not even close to the Padres, Dodgers, even the Giants level. They're not on the Mets level, clearly, because they haven't been above 500 all year. I don't – excuse me, I don't think they're, like, that far from the Mets. I really don't. But the Mets are a better team. Uh, you cannot say the Braves are a better team than the Mets. They haven't been better all year. So, uh, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Um. Honestly – I don't hate going out. I saw somebody say this earlier in the day. I don't hate going out and getting a, like a Robbie Grossman or somebody like that. Just, you know, a nice cheap guy who we know can, you know, hit the ball just to add an extra outfielder, an extra bat to the team. But as long as long as and I'll let you finish here in a second, the Braves, if they make a move, I think they should get a guy who's controlled for more than this season. I think if you get a one year player, I think it's a waste, to be honest with you. No, I agree with you completely on that one. I mean, just go out there, get someone, you know, don't don't give up anything. You know what I mean? If we're just taking on somebody for cash considerations or something like that, just go ahead and do it and you make the team a little bit better. But, you know, I mean, I don't hate winning the division just out of pride and just kind of, you know, putting a middle finger to the Mets and just kind of tell – you know what I mean? Like, I don't hate winning the division for that reason. But I agree with you. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter. There's still going to be at least three teams better than us in the playoffs. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm not going to be disappointed in, in Thompson. Ah, are you going to be disappointed in him if, if he does nothing? Eh, I'm not going to be disappointed if we don't do anything. At this point, after seeing the Dodgers make that trade, I really just right. kind of uh, – we lost our we lost our superstar, like, whatever. Let's go ahead and re-sign Freddie and prioritize that and focus on next season. But – at the same time, I don't want to punt this season. There's Jared Butler, by the way, going 40th to the Pelicans. But you know, like going to the look... Jazz, proposed trade to the Jazz. Oh wow, I like that pickup for the Jazz. But you know, I don't want to. I don't want to punt the season completely and give up. But at the same time, I say we just push with what we got. Maybe a cheap ad and just see what happens. We will see. It should be very interesting. That's what I'm saying. Well, appreciate everyone that tuned in and listened to us talk on here. Ben, it's a pleasure as always. As always, man. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. We'll see everybody.